Alright, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I have a Thermidor! <laughs> I'm David. <gasps> Yay! I'm jealous. I have a jealous. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm not that, I have a Thermidor. I don't have a bisque. I want a bisque. I, I have, I found out last episode, or in between last episodes, that I have a bisque, but it's the, um, the smaller scale, the oh, yeah. four-stepper, whatever the thing. But I didn't have a deluxe version. And then I just checked eBay during last episode. It was like, oh, there's a Thermidor for a reasonable price. I will bid on it. No one else did. So now I have a Thermidor. I could probably get a bisque. It can't be that I, expensive. Uh, I, I almost impulse bought a snowcat off eBay the other day. But Ooh. then I got outbid. Oh. Well, good news. Uh, we will not be enticed to buy it, any toys by this episode because this guy didn't get one. Aww, he's not even like a little action featurey, half transformy little kid one. He got a tiny Titan. Aww, one of those like little soft plastic ones that don't transform. I know because one of those is the only toy that exists of one of my favorite characters. <laughs> of course, uh, coming up in a couple episodes. Yeah, not too long now. Uh, but uh, today's episode is WWOD. I, uh, I feel like this is obviously a, a reference to the the old uh, Skylinks line from the episode Call of the Primitives, where he says, Now remember, before you do anything, think, is this what Skylinks would do in my position? And you will not go <laughs> far wrong. <laughs> well, see, I, I think it's actually a reference to, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, as, as McPlank always says, what would McPlank do? <laughs> also important. Uh, beloved McPlank. Yes, everyone's favorite. Uh, so yeah, we, uh. He's big, he's heavy, he's wood. Yeah, this, uh, this first aired in the U.S. April 18th, 2015. Uh, written by Guy, I think this is pronounced Tubes? It's T-O-U-B-E-S. So, uh. Yeah, that's Tubes. A longtime animation writer. Currently writing for whatever the Stinky and Dirty show is. <laughs> It appears to be about two, like, cars-type construction vehicles. Uh-huh. Is it like... Okay. This sounds like a preschool, like a pre-pre-tiny I think so, show. yes. Like, like pre-rescue um, pre, um, like pre bots. Yeah. Okay. And it looks like most of his stuff is for that sort of age group. Ah. Huh, uh, interesting. He's also got... Uh, the, most, most of the shows I have not heard of, because I... Generally, do not associate with small children. You got some Care Bears. You got some Littlest Pet Shop. Uh, you got whatever Tiny Ones Transport Services. Mm. Oh, Tots. Yes, Tiny Tots of various kinds. Um, Looks like little CG animals in a stork. Uh, whatever My, uh... Mowgli, The New Adventures of the Jungle Book is, which looks like it was live action. My nephews are aging out of this stuff, uh, so I'm definitely losing touch with this this yes. level of kids programming. <laughs> Slug Terra? Yeah, what? I don't. I, I, that sounds I've like an anime. Is that an anime? That. No. no, it's it's a little bitty kids show. Oh, okay. I think all I've this time I've assumed that was probably seen toys sort of, of it or something. Are they slugs? Oh, he... Yes. Okay. <laughs> he did some high high puffy amiyumi. That show was fun.
So we, we open in the junkyard. Bumblebee is trying to, uh, you know, it's a Monday morning meeting. Everybody's got the coffee, and he's trying to get things under control and completely failing. Yeah. <laughs> Strongarm and Sideswipe are just wrestling, and Strongarm has Sideswipe in one it, of those, well, like, behind-the-back holds with an angle that you could definitely make some very naughty gif looping out of. Even before that, like, Sideswipe gives her a wet willy. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works with robots. <laughs> like, well, he they never actually say wet, but why does he put his finger in his mouth before sticking it in her ear if it's not <laughs> implying it's a wet willy? Not that she actually has ears. It's this just also implies that Transformers have holes. wet mouths, which is a new development. Yeah, it's, it's yeah just... I don't want to think about that. Let's not think I mean, about it. It's like implying that like putting his finger in his mouth adds something extra to his finger before he tries to stick it in her head hole where a ear <laughs> would be, but it's a helmet. and Her audio just... receptor, I'm pretty sure she, so she says. Also... Confusing? I mean, it's possible that Sideswipe like, saw this on TV or something and is trying to emulate it, even though it doesn't really work with robot anatomy. That's entirely I guess likely. that makes sense, but like we're in we're early in the show before it's implied that they have seen a lot of TV. Maybe not a lot of TV, just enough. Also, my favorite part is that Grimlock is standing there watching them, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look he's at, like look at them, <laughs> look at them fight. And oh, even goodness. Fixit is distracted by uh, the fact that the, uh, the the map that he's got on the board kind of looks like Megatron if you look if you squint. Has he ever seen Megatron? Uh, probably on, not in kid. person, no. Yeah, he's probably seen pictures. Yeah, because we're barely seeing the map, but I don't think it looks at all like Megatron. I don't see shark teeth anywhere. No. And uh, it's at this point that Sideswipe refers to uh, Strongarm as a rule book with arms. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, which made me smile. Okay, that, that, that's a good one. Anyway... Bumblebee is just all, oh, this never happened to the other guy. <laughs> I feel, and and I realize this is sort of the basis, like a major theme of this episode, but I feel like it's like you're a high school teacher, but your grandpa was General Patton, and you're like <laughs> trying to hold these high school kids to the same standard as like the lower ranking officers that your grandfather commanded and it's these are not I mean there's an obvious reason why and that's because they were battle hardened adults gentlemen Cybertron loves a winner and will not tolerate a loser so he's just he's not being fair to himself at all well no and a lot of this is B not being fair to himself in fact he even you know they've got a bunch of mirrors here so he's all well you know I I talked to Optimus through a reflection last time, so maybe if I stand here and try and <laughs> summon him, no. No, you can't just do that. And meanwhile, Sideswipe just toss, like, dumps a giant pile of pinball machines on poor Strongarm. Yes. Much, much to the alarm of Denny, who's uh, concerned about the status of his Volcano Avenger 1978. Well, she's painted... Sideswipe's face on one of those, like, the... the Bob's uh, big boy heads? Bob's big boy-looking yes. things. And she's using it as a punching bag. And he, like, climbs up this stack of scrap behind her. 
stack of scrap that looks like almost entirely made out of arcade pinball machines. Yes. Yes. Which yes, then well, it's, it, it's a volcano Avenger, nineteen seventy eight. Well, one Denny's of them is very disappointed. Yeah, Denny definitely strikes me as a guy who hung out in a lot of pinball halls in the seventies. Yes, yeah. I I agree with this. Very very familiar with various uh, silver ladies. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, Bumblebee is just okay. Well, so listen, I can't summon Optimus. Maybe if I beat, maybe if I'm more like Optimus, Autobots, listen to me. Such a good fake Optimus speech. I listen, love it. it's it's a better fake Optimus Prime voice than the guy who's currently doing it on Cyberverse. Ooh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's my that's my hot take. I, I really like their whole like camera work around him here. It's it's pretty good. I mean, he's a little he's a little less Peter Cullen and a little more William Shatner. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's doing <laughs> Autobots, a- listen to me. All the ridiculous anime posing with um, the equivalent of speed line backgrounds that are just sort of um, gradient. Yeah. And then uh, it looks like it's working for a second, but then they just all laugh at him and tell him that that's the worst Starscream impression they've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. <sighs> Again, when have they ever heard Starscream? Uh, I mean, maybe uh, he sounds less like Starscream, more like the guy who played him in the movie. There you go. Maybe like, they've, wh- wh- they've been watching documentaries, yeah. educational documentaries in school. Or, or it's been dramatized at this point. It's, uh, you know, whoever's like the, the Cybertronian equivalent of Brad Dourif is playing him. <laughs> yes. Where it is, what, where it is, or, or Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. Strongly uh, agree. That's not how that works. What are you... So yeah, luckily they are interrupted by a Decepticon signal. There is a there oh. a mysterious husband found by humans and taken to the Crown City Museum of Natural History and Sciences. Which I is was... one of those sort of everything museums that you Apparently. see in movies but do exist in real life. Well, yeah, if you're not in a, like, New York City or Toronto or wherever, your well, museum actually, is you... going to be a little less specialized. I'm going to say that even Toronto's big museum is the the Royal Ontario Museum, and it is, like, a movie everything museum. Like, one floor is dinosaurs, oh. next floor up is mummies. Oh, well, if we're going by that, yeah, that shit's in New York and Philadelphia, too. It's... Yeah, Columbus had one that was a bit like that. It was a little more geared towards kids, but they would have, like, nights where they'd have more grown-up. I don't know that that necessarily means pornographic displays. I think they just mean stuff with a little more depth to it. Is that the one with the giant heart? They might have had a giant heart. I vaguely recall there was some Columbus Museum that had a giant heart. C O S I was cozy. Mm. It was cozy there. Mm. Very cozy. I mean, I assume it's still there. I'm just not, unfortunately, as I'm increasingly regretting. So anyway, the, yes, they refer to this as a bizarre artifact, or as I like to call them, bizartifacts. Bizartifacts. So obviously, they've got to get this thing out of there before the scientists crack it open and find a marauding Decepticon. But they can't just bust into the museum and steal it. So they're going to need some help from their human friends. You know, I I was thinking for a moment, like, 
why isn't Agent Fowler helping run interference on stuff like this? On, like, these stasis pods getting into human hands? But then, like, they did have to break into a museum in Prime, so. Yes. Fair enough. This is not the first museum heist Bumblebee's been involved in. So they are not only going to have the help of Denny, but uh, Russell insists on uh, tagging along himself. Yes. He's, yes he, Russell... gets, he is really, they are both getting really into the disguise oh, thing, and, and that's going to continue throughout the series. So yeah, we uh, are introduced here to no- no- noted archaeologist Nevada Fleber. <laughs> yes, and Russell, not his muscles, but distractions he provides. Yes. But, um, yeah, Good the job. Indiana Jones uh, references in this episode are a little too far, maybe. Well, because he is... Denny is disguised as, yes, Nevada Fleber, the extremely poor man's Indiana Jones. He hasn't even taken off his Hawaiian shirt. He's just wearing a, a ratty-ass <laughs> jacket over it. So ratty, you can see, like, the seam of the shoulders ripped open. You can see the Hawaiian shirt underneath. I mean, I mean he's only trying... I mean, he's trying hard, but he's trying too hard is the problem. And it's entirely 100% in character. Yes. He's he's aiming for Indiana Jones, but he's more hitting... Oh, what, what was the name of uh, MacGyver's friend? Oh. <laughs> Hibs or Higgs? Something like that. Like, it's like... A goofy pilot guy who always wore Hawaiian shirts. I think he was a pilot. I want you to all know that I'm being distracted right now by my cat being an asshole and having to be directly on, on the desk rubbing up against the mic. So I apologize oh. for any purring. Cat, why do you do this to me? That's okay. I can't hear it. I think I need new headphones. Cause okay. I think it was, uh, it was TC. Oh. Huh. Uh, T.C. Calvin. He was a uh, runs a local helicopter charter service, and mm-hmm. often finds himself persuaded by Magnum to fly him during various cases. That is a no, good Mag- business to be in if you want to run into. Why adventures. are you looking up Magnum P.I. instead of MacGyver? Oh, Mag. Oh, I. Oh, Magnum P.I. <laughs> oh. I guess I saw the Hawaiian shirt and I thought Magnum P.I. I thought the guy on MacGyver had a high chair, too. Also, I wasn't alive for much of the 80s. Well, yes. Aww. Okay, so, what am I thinking of? Um, Jack Dalton? Yes. Played by Bruce McGill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. And and meanwhile, um, Russell is there dressed as Short Round. Yes, uh, playing (laughs) McPlank. Yes. Yeah, which was just giving me Ed, Ed, and Eddie flashbacks, and also making me think, like, what happened to that guy that, that was short round? He was I, in a bunch of movies. I think well, he, he was also hired to become a doctor or something? I think so, yeah. He was also in The Goonies. A yes. lawyer? Yeah. And uh, uh, speaking of things that recur in uh, in Robots in Disguise, you can possibly take, I don't know, are you taking a drink every time there's a bad Danny disguise? Uh, they wouldn't be every episode, and I'm not keeping track of them, but yeah, okay. you could probably do that. Because it happens like every other episode. And speaking of bad disguises, take a drink, because they're just, they're, it's time to disguise Grimlock, so we're putting a tarp over him. Yep, it's time oh, for yes, putting a tarp over him. The first, the origin of tarp. Tarp begins. 
I do kind of wonder, like, uh, Grimlock having, being, like, capable of being disguised, like, it seems like one of those things that would have come up in, like, the the pre-show development phase. Well, I have to assume they were given, like, conflicting directorates by Hasbro, so it's like, you know, we want them to be in disguise. It's called Robots of Disguise. They're hidden from humans. Okay. Also... Uh, Transformers yes. Age of Extinction just came out. We want Grimlock in this show. Yes, he's a giant Which, dinosaur. That's right. Like, <laughs> it's so at odds with... Le- I love Grimlock, and he's fun, but he's yes. so at odds with everything else about th- this show that, like... <laughs> it would be so much better if, like, he was a triple changer, like, or, like, he had a dinosaur mode and a car mode or something. Yes, but no, I, was, I, I was expecting a giant car. It's yeah. fun watching them deal with it but it does seem like one of those things that they have to deal with all the time that maybe would have been easier to just not put him in the cast but I assume that they Hasbro absolutely wanted some Grimlock or like in the second season if oh now he's a triple changer he he has ugly truck mode just to sell another toy or something later on they kind of haphazardly attach some parts to him so he can disguise yes, himself which, as a construction vehicle. That sounds which, familiar. A, it doesn't look like a construction vehicle. B, they never made a toy of it. No, they did not. Aww. None of the none of the toys even came with a tarp. No, they should <laughs> well, have. A, a tarp is easy to make. You just get a tissue or something. Well, I suppose. That's and fair. also, it's poor Strongarm, who I guess has the truck mode, so she's the one who's got to tow him around. Yes. I, Sideswipe does not have a... Uh, a, a toe hitch. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, you would try to approach him with one, and he would just shriek and run off. That's not what a car like him has. So there, there is some business with the tarp where a bunch of people get stuck under it. <laughs> Apparently it's they... smelly. Oh, the, oh, the, this sequence, like, first, he, Grimlock tosses it off and it ends up on strong arm. She's untransformed and then she transforms under it and it, it, it's a mess and then sideswipe somehow gets close and gets sucked under the tarp and <laughs> just the dialogue that's going under the, it's mostly strong arm talking and at one point she says um not in the face and, and i feel like <laughs> this was fanfic bait intentionally mm, or not maybe maybe a little it, it's yeah i still don't it <laughs> Still I mean, I not there. A lot of people have shipped it. It's it's a weird. Sh- it's like shipping siblings. The the degree they argue with each other. It, it's very very weird. Yes. Well, like I said, it's a classic Peraltiago. <laughs> Whatever that means. It's Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's a good show. Oh, you keep referencing that show. All I know is memes. It's very. It's it's a similar primary relationship here. Let me finish Avatar. And then, I, then maybe I'll think about. Okay. I th- there are a lot of other shows I need to get back to or start before I watch a show involving cops right now. Well, maybe in 2022. True. And what the fuck, my phone? Fuck you! Wow. Is, is somebody <laughs> calling you on a landline? What year is this? Yes, I have a, you have I have a landline. landline yes. Shut up! Fuck. <laughs> fuck off. I, f- I feel like this is the end of uh, this is like the end of Twin Peaks season three. What, 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 what year is this? And then somebody screams. Uh. <laughs> I need to watch that. Well, that's going to be an outtake, I guess. The fuck, damn it! 
<laughs> I so rarely get things, but I have a landline just in case shit happens and my phone doesn't work or whatever. But, yeah. uh, so, anyway, surprisingly, the people at this museum are wholly accepting of Nevada Fleeber and the intrepid M- McPlank. They are, they're not that accepting until it gets turned into a fundraising, until he puts a fundraising spin this on is true. it. And this is then true. they are 100% on board. So, so they get in. They open up the the uh, the loading door and they and they pull the fire alarm. So everybody else piles out, and the Autobots get in. And they look at an old West display, but it turns out that nobody except for Bumblebee cares about cowboys. Yes, but there are so many human models in this. There is one <laughs> shot panning when everybody's panicking and running away after the fire alarm that has, I swear, more human models, adults, children, than was. Ever in prime altogether. I know it's great. It is. It's amazing. They're, they're actual people. It yeah. makes the place feel like a city where people actually live. Which yeah. I mean, they're different body types. They're very like some of the children are very basic. Like here's a body with some arms and legs stuck on. It's like it was thrown off in an afternoon looking, but they're different. They're moving. Yeah, that's all we ask. Yep, it's good enough for backgrounds. I mean, maybe they're just, they, they're modular, so you can swap parts and have different looking people, but honestly, you don't notice, and that's all that matters. It's not nope. a dozen reflectors in a crowd scene. <laughs> that's all I ask. Uh, maybe they had a shortcut that made it work, but yeah. you don't notice. So, so B's team, they desert him to split up, and, uh, McPlank, Desserts Nevada Fleeber, and it is McPlank who finds this uh, this pod because, like McPlank always says, McPlank has his ways. Someone needs to explain to him how internal monologue works. I.e., <laughs> it is internal. <laughs> the internal monologue happens in your head. I, I think I think Denny let him watch Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, probably. It's probably oh, it. Oh, it, I mean, also, he probably did that. That is and, the thing he would do. But calling him Plank, I, I just... Somebody named Johnny should just be asking him, What's that, Mr. Plank? And then him just not answering. It just keeps throwing me <laughs> off. <laughs> I miss Ed yeah. Ed it was It was a good show that had um, a couple of the voice actors from... Uh, was it... Or, no, uh, Armada or Energon. Were they, like, anime guys? Yeah. And then uh, it must have been, well, Armada slash Energon, because those had, like, many of the same guys. Yeah, well, Ed, Ed, and Eddie isn't in anime, but some of the voice actors right. were also in anime. Right. So he finds this pod, and it, it pops open, revealing Terra Shock. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that that one of those weird British puppet shows? <laughs> no. Oh, no, that was Terra Hawks. Oh. Flashback, Nightmares. Terrorhawks a... was the worst one. Well, there might have been other worst ones. It, it was one of the um, oh, what the fuck was the guy's name? Uh, Jerry, Jerry something. Jerry, Jerry Anderson? Anderson. Jerry Anderson. Am... Yes. And that was the one where they weren't like little wooden men. They were like sort of rubbery hand puppet people. Yeah, uh, his most of the shows were marionette animation, which were marionettes, the puppets, your Thunderbirds mm. stuff. But Terrorhawks, they were. They were larger puppets, and yes, they were rubbery, and they were creepy, and they were nightmarish. Those were the ones that had, that was the one that had, like, more human, closer to human proportions, right? 
because the yes, most of them had like way worse. Big, yeah, I I am mostly familiar with all of those shows because there was at least one point during the the sci-fi cartoon quest yep. in the 90s on Sci-Fi Channel in the morning where it would be like Captain Scarlet or something and then Transformers G1 and then like Terra Hawks and then Robotech. Yeah, it was a weird So mix. I had to set the VCR to cut out the nightmares <laughs> to only get me the Transformers and the Robotech. Thank you. Yeah. It was not not good. No. no. Uh, but no, this is Tara Shock, who is voiced by our old pal Kevin Michael Richardson. Yes. Uh, last seen around these parts as Bulkhead. Sounding extremely Kevin Michael Richardson. I mean, yes. acting differently, mm. but definitely yeah. very identifiable. Yes, playing, as usual, a, a, a big, scary guy. Yes. Also, there's one point here where we get another Bumblebee like attempt at a at a prime thing, a, a prime Ism. speech, and I I mostly noted it because this time they give him a nice little Steve J- Jablonski swell. Yes. In the background. <laughs> <laughs> so I I really like this that time. He's one. he's like, well, okay, so I, I didn't do the I've got to do the body language this time. Yes. So yes, they give it the little... See, if only he could find a way to play that music swell as he's saying it. So that... <laughs> it needs to be diegetic. Yes. So <laughs> so then they would definitely listen. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Terra, uh, Terra Shock is basically a mafia enforcer. He is a buffaloid. Yes, yes, a buffaloid. I really love all the animal robot names they come up with for this show. I like buffaloid. I, I have I, to assume that uh, I the, do, uh, but it feels like they use too many. And I just think they're like a subgroup. Like it's him, it's uh, Bone Crusher from Beast Wars, and uh, it's uh, noted uh, concept art guy at Buffalo Dump. <laughs> When he transforms, that's actually what I wrote in my notes, was Buffalo Dump. (laughs) (laughs) Who was a dump truck to look like a buffalo. Uh, Everybody check out uh, the Transformers wiki for all you need to know about Buffalo Dump. Also, literally all that is known about Buffalo Dump. Well, I think he showed up in like some club fiction or something. Oh, probably. Probably. Didn't he show up in like one of the... The, All Spark Almanacs? Yeah, one of the Almanacs. I'm thinking that that has a very strong All Spark Almanac potential. This only mentions him from some club story that I, quite frankly, do not care about. But okay, uh, he's oh, he's like a dump yeah. truck that also has like buffalo parts. Yes, Pris- kind of like uh, kind of yeah. like those old uh, attack pack vehicles okay. from uh, from Hot Wheels. Presumably, his name was not actually going to be Buffalo um, Dump, and that was just shorthand yes. for his concept. Yeah, yes. he was a buffalo shaped dump truck. It, yeah, he's very um oh um the the little beast guys. Beast guys with the, with the rub signs. What the, what were those guys called? Oh, Battle Beasts. Oh, yes. Beast yes, Formers. Fire. Fire beats water. Yeah, he's like the vehicles they had. Friend to I the Autobots. The yes. story he was in Flames of Yesterday. So, they show up in the, uh, the I believe, the second volume of the uh, Transformers manga collection. Ooh. Yes, which I need to get around So, uh, yeah, he works for a, uh, a Cybertronian mob boss named Contrail. Do we ever hear about Contrail again? He's in the novels. Oh, like okay. A lot. He's in uh, like Transformers Exodus, I think. 
Oh, oh, those novels. Oh. I was yeah, thinking, those novels. like, I know that there were some, like, uh, middle grade uh, books that came oh. out that tied in with Robots in Disguise. No, although so we, I'm going to have to dig some of those up because those have, like, original Decepticons in them. Yeah, there's hmm. some, I think there's some other stuff about Corvacons and, yes. and such in there, so. But, but no, he was in, like, the, uh, uh I need to keep, I've. I'm going to start keeping an eye out for those now that I've started going to used bookstores again. Mm. I'm, I can't imagine they won't turn up. I mean, it does assume that at some point someone bought them in the first place to then sell them back to the used bookstore. Rob coughs quietly and looks <laughs> elsewhere. I, I actually, Except, of course, I still have mine. I'm now regretting <laughs> selling my, my paperback ones of the uh, the first array of novels, though more so Legends, but I did get yes. like 50 bucks for it, so. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. But uh, hopefully so anyway, that's one of those things that the people running the used bookstore would not imagine to charge that much money for, no. and I could get it for like four. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, he's uh, he's very claustrophobic. I guess I mean like a, like a real buffalo, he likes those wide open spaces. Yes. He he wants to get down to the old town road. <laughs> <laughs> because this episode is about to get very cowboy. Yes, yes, it's it's pretty cute. A little so too he's, much, which hmm, so he is he wants to be out in the open, and he's also very very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also, incredibly, there's a point where he mistakes a taxidermied buffalo as an actual other buffaloid, and it's animatronic because well, be its head comes up and then goes down. It's very mechanical, and he starts movie. talking to it. It's pretty great. He has, we see a couple shots from his point of view, and he has very bad, blurry eyesight. So yes, and he's just dumb as a yes. dump truck. Uh, at some point, the, the, somebody turns on, like, the planetarium projector, and he's fooled by that, and straight up runs into a wall, Wiley Coyote style. <laughs> well, with him, he just plows through every wall. This this museum is kind of wrecked. It It's surprising that, like, no actual artwork outside of one Maui statue. Moai, Maui statue? The big Easter Island face. Yes. That, is, I think, is the only piece of art or history that gets destroyed everything mm. else is a destroyed animatronic buffalo lots of walls yeah the planetarium which is wrecked and i well, think sorry it's, about that boss battle room i think it's fair to say that that statue is a reproduction well yeah i don't think this random like catch-all museum in some city of indeterminate geographic location is going to actually have one of those statues Yes, yeah. Hopefully, no museum. So no, unre- has no irreplaceable art was lost in the fight yeah. of this these robots. Well, yeah, there are some stolen ones, but those are going to be in like big museums. So well, yeah, I, but th- those are big statues. They're kind of hard to steal off of a tiny little island. Well, yes, not if no one cares. Uh, well, also they're going to weigh your boat down quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know that anybody's ever actually taken one of those off Easter Island. I don't. Despite years of pillaging, so, yeah, m- most of the didn't they only fairly recently discover that they actually have like bodies under yeah. there? Well, mo- not all of them, but most of them do. Yeah, no, a lot of them. No, yeah. m- most of the giant heads that have been taken are from like South America. The um, 
No, it's not Toltec. Oh, like, it, uh, like the the Olmecs, maybe? Yeah, something. They're giant heads. Because they're easier to transport because they're on land. They're on mm-hmm. a continent. It's easier for colonizers to steal. Yes. So, I mean, Bumblebee just ends up getting headbutted right out of the front of the museum. <laughs> right in front of all these people. And... Okay, Robots in Disguise, the title has ended. Well, no, 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 because luckily, Denny's a quick thinker, and also maybe he's seen Rescue Bots. Yes. <laughs> because like, they yep. straight up, oh yeah, hey, this, check out these wacky new animatronics we're going to be introducing at the museum. Say, robot, what is the density of mercury? And <laughs> hilariously, it's a science fact that Bumblebee doesn't know. Well, yeah, that Bumblebee. Bumblebee's not the science fact guy. So he's all a uh, bleep, bloop, uh, error, he... <laughs> error. Why couldn't he have asked him something that he could have been expected to know? Like, I don't know, the distance to the sun or something. Something spacey. <laughs> something a space robot would know. But yes, I like his beep boop error, and then he goes back inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have some bad news. Eleven of them have been taken off of Easter Island. Oh, Ouch. Uh, I don't think any of the really big ones, but a couple of the important ones. Oh, well, those people probably died of curses. Yeah, most of them are in America, a couple in France. That's how you get curses. Chile's. I mean, Chile's at least close. <sighs> oh, a couple of them are still on Easter Island in a museum? Maybe? Wait, what? Or they returned, I don't know. Mm. Scrolling quickly, anyway. But yeah. So yeah, they they go back to the museum and tells and you know tell everybody that hey, uh, guess what? We all blew it. And now there's a giant robot buffalo rampaging through the city. But as he's walking through there, he he walks in front of some very shiny elevator doors, and ooh, <laughs> Bumblebee! It is I, Ghost Optimus. Only he says he's allowed to appear only when the primes believe his need to be dire. The primes only allow me to appear to you after I have done my homework and <laughs> finished my dinner. Yes, which like it, it's the most like Deus ex machina, like the because the writers say so. Reasoning, well, yes, it's so vague, but I guess it works. Yeah. And Ghost Dad gets to visit once in a while. And Bumblebee, the the only advice I may give you is that you are not me. So you cannot try to be me. You must be you. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. but his call gets disconnected in the middle. Oh, yes. I, Bumblebee, there is another call coming in. Spiritual interference. The Wi-Fi cuts out. The Wi-Fi <laughs> in the afterlife cuts out. Uh. So yeah, he just uh, Bumblebee's just looking at these cowboys, and he's well, you know, I guess maybe it's time to cowboy out or cowboy up. <laughs> it's time to go to the wicked, wicked wild, wild west. Yes. Autobots. Well, that's it's so weird that Bumblebee's into the wild west when that's that's something Optimus Prime's voice actor is more likely to do. Well, yes. It's, it's. I mean, they were. At least we knew where Jasper was, oh, and that's it was true. in the yeah. West. So I could see him like 
you know, yeah. looking into all that Speaking stuff back that. when mm-hmm. he couldn't talk about it with anyone. <laughs> oh, he's so he excited to be able to talk to people <laughs> about his appreciation for cowboys. So yeah, they are they are hitting the road, and they are going to uh, it it it's uh, it's time for the roundup. Uh, Bumblebee does say "roll out," but it's not one of his made-up sayings, so no. it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't land like a ton of bricks. Also, when when Prime like disconnects, Bumblebee's like, "I hope he's all right." I'm like, in the afterlife. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get more dead. <laughs> I hope he's not sad. I hope he's feeling okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like in Beetlejuice, where if you like a ghost gets exercised, they're super. More they're dead? like dead. They're like dead squared. Maybe, maybe. But I just—I mean, it also kind of sounded like emotionally. Like I hope he's dealing with this okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, crazy cowboy music is playing. We, we and, do. Uh, it, it is time for the roundup. Good work with the music across the yes. board in this episode. It's a, it's a little, uh, little me- what is it? Me- um, uh, it's a little Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, is that Ennio Marconi? No, no, no. That's um, I'm not sure who Magnificent Seven is, but that's American, so it wouldn't be Mar- uh, uh It wouldn't be Marconi. I don't think. Anyway. So yeah, they are just sort of hurting him, like a, and also strong arm again does not quite get the whole concept of this because I think it's Bumblebee who yells "Yippee Kaye" and she responds with a "Zippy Highway." Yes, <laughs> she's trying. She, she's trying. She's, she's trying so hard. She's trying. She's a good girl. And finally, they do. Uh, they do corral him, knock him out, and then drop a Dinobot on him. <laughs> yes, Cannonball. there's a big. This, there's a lot of property damage in yeah, but it, uh-huh. this whole episode, but also especially in this chase scene. Yes, it, it is a Michael Bay esque chase scene. Hmm. But uh, but and but thankfully, Russell is once again there to cover things up. He's like, hey, everybody, uh, you know, enjoy the. Uh, Everybody head out to the uh the animatronic stunt show uh at uh in uh Wichahoma County. Yes. To which somebody asks, hey, where, where's Wichahoma County? Uh can everybody come to their show. <laughs> they're they're so bad but also so good at this whole thing. They're just <laughs> You, you shovel it out fast enough and nobody's going to be able to, to do anything but stand there and take it. Well, like George Costanza says, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> yes. <sighs> and so they, victorious, they ride off into the sunset. Yay! Yeehaw. Yeehaw. And so, yeah, that is WWOD. And we, where we learned that the trick is to not necessarily do what Optimus Prime would do. They don't. I, I do think it's interesting that they use that title, but they don't actually call out the 
he doesn't say what would Optimus do. No. And he doesn't have one of those little bracelets either. Yeah, he doesn't have one of those little bracelets. Oh my god, that's so, so obnoxious. But, uh, yeah. It, per, what you know, per- would Skylinks do? <laughs> what would Sky? What would my cat do? It just apparently meow in the background pitifully. <laughs> now, which uh, which cat is this? Uh, can this you is, tell? This is Arya. I can definitely... I have a third cat. As a brief aside, uh, I now have a third cat. Her name is Liana. I'm sticking with the Game of Thrones theme, but keeping it going back to the obscurity. Uh, Liana is secretly, spoilers, Jon Snow's mom. Uh, But all of them are black, uh, but I can definitely tell them apart, and I can tell their meows apart, and that's definitely Arya, who's demanding that I let her go outside on the porch, even though this is absolutely not time to go out on the porch. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, th- so yeah, you know, pretty fun episode. Not the most memorable of, uh, Decepticon villains, but a reasonably enjoyable one. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. that's a fun episode. And uh, listen, if you get Russell and Denny into disguises, I'm going to have a good time. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm just concerned about this museum that now definitely needs a fundraiser. There's like six <laughs> holes in walls. The front entrance is gone. Well, I mean, good news, it appears later in a couple seasons. Okay, so it's, it doesn't okay, so go it out of business rebuilding. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of damage. It's not great. Don't do that. Yes. Come on, guys. <sighs> So I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on Kikyu Sentai Go Go Five, cut down the Cymazone. Uh, I, I had my furniture Cymazone. <laughs> <laughs> I think they tried putting me on Cymazone for my UC one time, but it didn't really help. Earth's most powerful soldiers, Earth's last chance to fight the Cymazone. <laughs> I would switch to uh, a generic really brand one. of Cymazone. Uh, well, it's, it's cheaper and it's more efficient, kind of, because it was also combined with my blood pressure pills. <laughs> anyway, um, the Rangers are testing out their new Victory Mars robot, like, against 5,000 degree temperatures. That's fine. They test it underwater because they can do that in their base, because actually I think the base is technically underwater in the be- Tokyo Bay. And, oh no, the window starts cracking and it starts leaking. Our robot has a problem. Oh no. Like, it can survive in deep space and go to an asteroid. But a little bit of extra water pressure can't handle... Fine, whatever. Anyway, uh, Salamine Dines is in charge, the bad guy in this episode, again. Because his siblings are bickering at him. But it's like, no, I can do this. I'll take my strongest monster, which is... Uh, what is the name? Absorption Beast Vacuuma. Which is a giant cobra? Absorption beast. Yes. Um, It shrinks the pink ranger down to like, oh, a couple inches high, and then sucks her up into his mouth. Or does he pick her up? Anyway, he vores her, basically. Ew. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess that's what an absorption monster is going to do. Yeah. But, like, the inside of his gut is also freezing. Like, he's a... He changes people's size, sucks them up, his gut is freezing, he's a big cobra monster. He's a little too many things together, and like, the cobra feels so off-theme. It feels like, 
Uh, we just needed a monster with a large opening mouth in this episode. Let's use that one. It's like, I, I do wonder that sometimes, like, how do monsters get stuck with specific episodes? Is it intentional? Does the writer see, oh, here's a sketch, I want to use this one. Or does it just, okay, we made one of these, let's stick it in this episode, that's close enough. <laughs> Someday I gotta find out how that works. <laughs> but today is not that day. Anyway, so, Salamin Dines sends a hostage message via a giant cracked window hole in the sky to the Red Ranger after the vacuum uh, Cobra has sucked up everybody else while they were out getting groceries because Red decided, oh, I'm going to cook today and everybody else, you have to go get groceries. Okay, and they were complaining about that. It's like you get a walk. Mm, Sounds like fun. (laughs) And you don't have to cook. Um... So then Red has to meet them, meet him at like this old abandoned tunnel in, in a rural woods that looks really nice. It's like a nice stone archway. Good fight scene. Red stabs the cobra monster with his spear lance, it was the V lancer thing, which heats up inside the belly of the cobra, warming up his siblings that are freezing inside the gut. But then the cobra spits freezing venom on to the Red Ranger, so he freezes and the Red Ranger and the Cobra both fall over backwards at the same time, which is, it's a dramatic shot, but it's also just kind of funny, they just flop backwards. <laughs> and then somehow Red Defrost finished stabbing the gut of the Cobra, and then the other Rangers come out, and then they fight the giant monster, because he gets grown. And, and oh, and Salamandines can, like, make this Spiral zone, Sima Dome, that, like, the sky turns black and then there's aurora lights and, and they're just messing with visual effects. Like, hanging the monster upside down <laughs> to punch the giant robot in the face. Aurora Borealis, at this time of year, <laughs> in this part of the country, localized entirely within your Sima Zone. <laughs> May I see it? And then, then the, the Cobra also makes four of the Imp Mook guys, like, giant monster size, too, for no reason. It, it feels very much like, um, Space Sheriff shows, like, uh, Space Sheriff Gavin and things, where he would fight the monster at the end of the episode in, in these weird pocket dimensions. It was just mostly excuses for the special effects guy to, to do ridiculous things, like slow motion reverse shots. Uh, trying to superimpose them over a painted background, jumping from like a giant dinosaur skull to an asteroid and things like that. And it felt like this was a reference back to that. Although it's a different series. Um, Space Sheriffs were the early 80s, I think, and this is 1999. Maybe the effects guys just got bored and did that this episode. It's like, Space Sheriffs. Let's do a thing. And, and then Salamandines changes the zone to underwater. And the robot starts leaking, but it defeats the monster anyway. Sure. Okay, it... it, There's a lot going on in this episode for (laughs) not much going on. Sounds like it. Like, there's very little story, but there's a lot of excuses for special effects nonsense. Yes. Which is fun. That's the best. That's how Toku should be. Yeah, honestly. Yes. Uh, Like, oh, um... Toei's been putting up episodes of a bunch of old shows on YouTube, including Space Sheriff Gavin. 
And some of the things they were putting subs on, but I think for Gavin, I think they only put like subs on the first three episodes, but Gavin is, oh, and the video quality isn't great, but watch some of them. It, it's glorious nonsense at its best. <laughs> All right. So I think that uh, brings us to the, uh, to the end of our episode. Uh, We'll be back next week, but of course, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up uh, for hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, this month, uh, because there's no way any of us are getting anywhere near a theater to go see New Mutants, uh, instead we have decided to watch... The one-episode pilot from the 80s, Pride of the X-Men. So that's what we're seeing how many Australian characters they can stuff into half an hour of an American show. You can't uh, see me, but I'm shaking my fist in, in fury. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. It's the worst Wolverine. He's so bad at being Wolverine. Uh, so yeah, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can become a Patreon and get our monthly special episodes where we talk about new movies when there are some to talk about. Uh, we are looking into uh, Inhumanoids for Halloween, so we'll see if we can track down some of that, because uh, that's nice and spooky. Uh, a lot of 80s shows lately, since we can't go see movies, and those are always fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is at patreon.com slash underground. Alright, so until next time, when we find out what the Cospigo commands, and, uh, That's a good one. and who, who is our special guest our next time? That's, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. Yes! <laughs> oh. Until then. Oh, is I, there gonna be a musical number? Oh, you better Will believe it. Oh, there Will should Rob be. Rob sing? Rob's probably gonna sing. Oh, listen, Rob has been studying the lyrics for months, knowing this episode would come. <laughs> I, I hope you, I hope you're all getting ready for the love theme from First Blood Part Two, Rambo. <laughs> Always. But until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm Space Sheriff David. I want to be a Space Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs>